0: There is a biochemical basis for why people feel good after these talks. Something in hearing about success gives us an emotional charge that releases those chemicals into the bloodstream and that makes the body function better. While these effects last no more than a few hours, regular doses of motivation will lead to better health, happiness, and achievement.
1: Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we ask... What do you do to get your spirits up? The question comes from a Zig Ziglar story of a seminar he did where they had a doctor take blood from participants before and after his two hour talk. The results afterwards showed a big increase in endorphins and dopamine. Now, the point wasn't simply his talks, but just what positive input does to our physical bodies, inspiration, motivation. So I play the two minute story from Zig But then I posted this question on Facebook. What activities do you proactively engage in or with to energize yourself mentally? In a sense, what do you frequently do to lift your spirits? The responses were a lot more varied than I had expected. It was really interesting to read through, which Tom Ziegler and I did together. So I think you'll get a lot from this show, a lot of inspiration and a lot of ideas as well. So we'll start off with Zig's story right after I share some great resources with you. Okay, folks, well, here then I give you a two-minute story to kick us off from Zig Ziglar.
0: Dr. Forrest Tennant, in my judgment, the number one drug authority in America, he was a consultant for the Justice Department for the NFL, for Texaco, uh, for any number of other organizations, NASCAR included. Dr. Forrest Tennant is a friend of mine. He went to a seminar I conducted out in Anaheim, California back in 1989. Now, the seminar was from 6.30 in the evening until 10.30 in the evening. The participants had been in an afternoon seminar from 12.30 to 4.30. Before I started at 6.30, Dr. Tennant took blood samples from five of the people there. Actually, they just gave them to him. He didn't have to take them. But he got, he got blood from five of the people. Now, when I got through, he took other blood, sample, took blood samples from the same five. The endorphin level was up to 300% higher when I got through after 10.30 at night than it had been when I started. Since then, he's done a series of other experiments and has discovered that, for example, when the brain is activated, and that's what's happening right now, that uh, the other neurotransmitters come in and flood the system. Serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, and those, uh, and endorphins, and, those, and a lot of the other neurotransmitters. And you are physiologically energized, not just psychologically. This was written up in the May 1980 meetings and conventions magazine here's what he says there is a biochemical basis for why people feel good after these talks something in hearing about success gives us an emotional charge that releases those chemicals into the bloodstream and that makes the body function better while these effects last no more than a few hours regular doses of motivation will lead to better health happiness and achievement. That's in the May 1989 issue of Meetings and Conventions magazine. Now, the reason I do all of my recordings in front of live audiences and the reason we insert the humor in there as much as we do is because we want to get those endorphins and the dopamine and all of those other things in there flowing because they literally physiologically energize you. People are always telling me, where on earth do you get that energy level? Well, let me tell you, first of all, to the very best of my ability, I practice what I preach.
1: Well, there you go, friends. So, again, from Zig's message, I posted this question on Facebook What activities do you proactively engage in or with to energize yourself mentally? In a sense, what do you frequently do to lift your spirits? And, and hey, I invite and encourage you to join us in these weekly questions. Just find and friend me on Facebook at my personal page, Agent K, as in Kevin. Miller, I'd be honored to connect with you there and add your feedback into the mix here. Well, here then, Tom Ziegler and I talk through these incredible comments. All right, Tom. Well, again, you know, from from your dad's message of uh, Doctor Tennant taking blood before his talk and after and seeing the increase in body chemicals, brain chemicals, dopamine, endorphins, all that good stuff. I mean, I, I just thought, you know, we all, I think, all of us, or at least, gosh, how can I say this? All those who are aspiring people but everybody's experienced that where your attitude is here, your spirits are here and then X, Y, Z happens and man, you're just lifted. And I think a lot of times we look back at that and just go, gosh, that was, you know, that was amazing. And of course the idea is can we take those things and make those habitual intentional habits as Tom Ziegler would say, do we take them regularly like vitamins and you know, why wouldn't we? So that's why I wanted to ask the question. I thought, you know, I'm sure some, some of the answers that people give, will be ones that we would all expect, but there's some that I don't think won't. I want people to hear and resonate with uh, with the different variety of things said and, and really just affirm everybody in that and give them permission to make those consistent. Those things are not luxuries. Those are necessities. You grew up seeing that, Tom, with your your dad doing those things, with other people, other leaders, influencers doing those things. And I know you have your own things that you do
2: to keep you up. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'll am i do a little comparison, Kevin, between me and dad. So growing up watching dad, uh, there were three things that he did proactively for years when he would come off the road. The first thing he would do is he would go swimming in the swimming pool. I mean, he would get a swim trunks on. And I remember for years, even if it was cold outside, he would have that pool heated. He would get in there. For like five minutes and you could just see like 24 hours of travel stress just erase from it. Wait,
1: wait, can we get some quick history here, Tom? I mean, we know that we have, as our listeners increase, as they get younger to a degree, there's a lot of them that don't realize the original cover. Well, still the, the, the cover see you at the top has the arrow and your dad's dream to
2: do. Well, tell them about the pool. Okay. So. So here, the pool story is fantastic. And, and what I want everybody to listen to is you can, you can actually transform really negative things in your life and you can transform that into a positive motivator. Mm -hmm. So here's the negative first. So dad was 12 years old. One of his friends said, can you come swimming with me at the Yazoo city country club? Mm -hmm. And of course, dad's family had, they were, they didn't have money. They were, they were, you know, they were making ends meet. And so that was a big deal. So, you know, think about 90, 80, 80 80-something years ago, (laughs) going to swim at the country club in the heart of the Great Depression when you got no money. So dad goes, and the rule was you couldn't get into the pool if you weren't a member unless the member was there with you. So dad gets to the pool just a few minutes before his friend, and he's 12. It's 100 degrees. It's the summer. It's Yazoo City. He can't stand it. He gets in the pool. One of the other members knew what was going on and threw dad out. Oh wow. Dad said, even though he knew that my friend was literally coming in, he pulled me out. He embarrassed me. He let everybody know you don't belong. And dad said, he walked out of there. He basically shook the dust off of his feet and he said, I'll never step foot in here again. And someday I'll have a pool bigger than the swimming pool. at Yazoo city, Mississippi. So we moved to Dallas in 1968, just a couple of years after that, maybe even the next summer, dad had the swimming pool built and it was in the shape of an arrow and the arrow shaped swimming pool. The arrow symbolizes dad's book, see you at the top. So whenever dad would finish a talk, he would say, and I will see you. And yes, I do mean you at the top. And he'd point up. And so the graphics people back then said, hey, you're always pointing at the top. You're talking about a top. Let's create an arrow that points to the top. So dad had an arrow-shaped swimming pool made. It was 48 feet long. Wow. Three feet longer than the pool at the country club in Yazoo Sea. Now, how or who we got to go measure it, I don't know. But I know the story is true. So fast forward now, he's enjoying success. He is speaking and traveling and riding. His greatest satisfaction as far as getting re-energized and dropping the stress would be to come home from a trip where he had a lot of fatigue, jump into that pool and just watch it melt away. So I watched him do that. The second thing that really gave dad energy and attitude was he would – First thing every morning, he'd spend two or three hours studying, researching, planning for the day. He, the more he planned, the more he studied and researched, the more I could see his energy go up Mm. because he was filling up with knowledge and information. He was bursting to go and share, to create something new. The third thing was exercise. Mm. Uh, Dad was very faithful five or six times a week. Early on, it was jogging. Later on, it was walking. But I could remember he would come home and he'd say, you know, I'm really exhausted. I need to go take a walk. I'm really exhausted. I need to go jog because he knew that even though the first five minutes would be difficult, the next 15 or 20 minutes would give him the energy and the clear thinking he would need for the next three hours to be productive. So that's what dad did. So what I learned from him, you know what, that that two to three hours in the morning of reflection, study, uh, learning new things that gives me more energy than anything I do. I'm an outdoor person. Dad was not an outdoor person. Jogging just happened to happen outdoors. That's why he did it there. Swimming just happened to happen outdoors. That's why he just did it there. Me, green trees, park, hike, Creek, uh, seeing wildlife. If, If, if I could take a walk and see a critter, I can watch that critter for something about it just Mm -hmm. energizes me. Mm -hmm. Those are the main two things that get me going.
1: Well, and as you're about to hear, you are in great company with others. I mean, that's, that's top for me. Tom is getting out in nature. You know, where I live, getting out there in the woods makes everything else seem small. Um, uh, it's sitting down on my deck, the peace, the, the gratitude that comes with that. I also attest to, uh, you know what? I'll just chime in as we read through others and I'll say me too on those. And okay. I'm going to go through a handful Now we have folks who wrote out some really thoughtful things, but just a quick run through and Tom, just jump in. If any of these hit you, uh, Susie says dance. Uh Anita says, when I need an emotional boost, I turn on happy song, a happy song and dance in the kitchen. You can't dance and be sad at the same time. Oh that's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Aaron says, Go cycling. Uh, Steve says, well, here's a few of them. He says, listen to music. Paul says there are Paul Rose. There are times when I just need to turn on a few songs, let myself get swept up in the music and lyrics and emotions. And Christy Elmore says singing, singing. I I have different songs that I listen to and sing to depending on the lift I need. Uh, there may be a little dancing included. And Todd says I fish golf or sing Uh, singing and music. Uh, that's going to be a thread that everybody will continue to hear here.
2: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what Todd yeah. uh man, if I could like plan the perfect life right if 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 every schedule just came into existence and everything, this is how every single one of my days would end. It would end with me either on a golf cart, playing nine holes with my fishing pole <laughs> and stopping to fish at each little pond or getting in a canoe uh-huh. on a on a mirror glass lake and fishing with top water lures all by myself with nobody in sight. Mm -hmm. I love top water because in the lakes that I fished in growing up, when the, when the bass would hit that lure, it would echo through the trees Mm -hmm. and there's just something about that. So fishing and golf, man, I'm with you.
1: Okay, well I'll just have to divulge then, Tom, that you need to get you need to get back out here anyways. You're you're like you're well over a year since you've come to visit me. And that Todd right there is Todd Zeller. We had a a great hour conversation at Starbucks. He's one of my closest friends, and he will take you to the gold medal fishing, the best that the Rocky Mountains has to offer. Uh and golf up here at eighty five hundred feet above sea level. So
2: I know. And the ball goes further. And That's I hear it. Yeah, and I hear at 10,000 feet, it gets so cold in the winter that the trout up there are fur-bearing trout.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, there's your charge. Come on up here. He just got a new set of ping golf clubs, so uh, he needs to play with you. Uh, Herb Munson. In Herb, we got a call out there. That is Dave Munson of Saddleback Leather. That's his dad. Uh, So Herb says, reading the Bible. Uh, Peyton says masterminds, reading coach, coaching, coaching videos from coaches. I like music and cleaning, uh, which is an interesting one, but you know, that's the point here. What is it that gives your soul peace that, that, uh, rejuvenates you, uh, John Harrison, he says playing positive or mostly nonviolent video games. That's a different one. Uh, Margaret, getting some fresh air outside, turn on the quick tempo, spirited classical instrumental music. Elizabeth, reading her Bible, crocheting, knitting. Matt says, photography is a great to capture, uh, get a great capture to lift his spirits. Louise says, being with the family anywhere. Philip salty air, ocean sounds, risks and challenges, camaraderie. Karen says, barefoot water skiing. I like this. She says, it's Jesus' original sport. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that good? That's good. good. Yeah, that's, good. that's Karen, uh, Gifford, uh, Grifford putts. And she wrote a new book and I didn't write it down. Uh, but she has a new book. Uh, Eric, uh, Viet says consistently playing tabletop games with friends. So that's just a quick list. And now I do want to get in and read some, but it's, you know, it's interesting, Tom, as we, it's always interesting to put these questions and see what resonates pe- with people. What do they like to talk about? And I think this is one cause we all can attest to, having our spirits circumstances happen. The day happens. Life can be difficult and challenging. It's not always fun. And the point is what do we proactively do to get our spirits up?
2: I know. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to put this one in for me. When, whenever I have a podcast recording or I have a webinar or I have a speaking engagement, uh, I noticed that I am, I'm like floating on air when I'm done. There is something about preparing and then having a creative release and then getting to talk to that uh, with other people at that time. And so uh, one of the things I'll look at, like if I'm down uh, or if I'm kind of dragging, I'll look at my schedule and I'll literally say, I won't say, oh, no. I've got to do a webinar, I'll say, oh, yes, I get to do a webinar because I know how I'm going to feel when I'm done. And here's the point on this. Dad talks about it in one of his uh, audio programs. There was a time when he hurt his knee and he had to have a cane and he had a really bad limp. And he gets on stage, and before he knows it, he's speaking like he's always spoken and the cane is far behind. He's not limping anymore. He's forgotten about it. Hmm. And he steps off stage and he collapses. And the reason he collapses as he took the step off the stage, he thought for the first time in an hour and a half, wait a second, my knees out. I can't do this. So I think one of the ways, you know, is a, is a principle we get out of the funk by getting focused on the other people around us. How can we help them? Mm -hmm. I think that is a, a thing that gets us out of our own thing is, and that's what happened to dad. He said it. And he said, the reason my knee didn't hurt is I wasn't thinking about my knee. I was thinking about serving this audience.
1: Well, and there you go. And there's folks, if you haven't heard this, one of the primary prescriptions for depression, for being depressed, literally is finding someone you can serve and help. I mean, that is just the, some of the best medicine ever created for depression speaks right to what you talked about there. Well, here, here, Wendy, uh, says going to entrepreneurial networking events where there are speakers who share the successes and failures <clears throat> to help us avoid what they have done. And then taking the time while at the event to meet stellar people, it energizes the heck out of me. Uh, I, I like that. It it makes a call out. We are in a day and age where we do not have to go anywhere. And there is that question sometimes of why do I take, why would I take two, three, four days, spend a thousand bucks, uh, 5,000 bucks to travel across the country to attend something that they can record. And I can listen to, she just talked about it and it's why physical events in this day and age are still so dramatically impacting and desired by people i'm hearing more and more events that are sold out people want to go they want to be in person they get all the tele you know information that they can and they realize it's not the same and they go to an event And people are so often just that energized, regardless of the information. Of course, they get good information and knowledge, but they are so energized by, I think, the physical energy that's there and by what she said, meeting people and and that face-to-face interaction. It's second to none, which, of course, you get to experience that near weekly at Ziggler events.
2: I love it. You know, that's one of the reasons why we put into our schedule the Zig Ziegler experience September 18th and 19th. We're getting more and more people uh, who say, you know what, if I can get two days with people on the same journey, get life-changing information, that's worth more, you know, and and we make the investment low so that people can come. But we're hearing that more and more too. I don't know about you, but I feel, even though I do webinars on a regular basis, we're overwhelmed with that. What we need is community. Mm -hmm. What we need is fellow uh, men and women on the same journey who can tell us before we step in the hole, Hey, there's a hole there. Watch out.
1: Absolutely. And folks, uh, if you're listening to this at a later date, go to zigler.com. check out the events. There's always something happening, but this is a call out to going and making the effort, go to some of these big events. It is, uh, it should be, again, it's like vitamins. It's something that, uh, I know my dad, Dan Miller has been to so many every year. He plans a year ahead of time, the events he's going to go to, and he counts them as just invaluable worth their weight in gold. So there's our charge for you. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Uh, Tim Dagley here. He says, I read the Bible and books on self-improvement. I spend five minutes yoga and uh, doing yoga and stretching take 15 to 20 minute walks. He, uh, he says semi-annual goal setting with my wife for marriage and family. Uh, does it for him attending workshops, networking events, joining Facebook groups that feed my soul and add value. Uh, he packed a lot in there, but that right there, that's his list. And I just applaud you, Tim, for having a list. Those are the things to me. That's his, some people have a shelf full of pharmaceuticals that they take every morning. God, uh, forbid that, uh, but some people need them, but that is, that's not the kind of vitamins we're talking about. Even when we look at nutritional supplements and, and actual vitamins, those are great, but none of them are going to touch. And I can say this as a, as I speak right now with, uh, as a big proponent of nutritional supplements, I would gladly throw them all out for a list like that, that I'm doing every day. You know, on that Tom, let me ask you, cause I'm really afraid I'm gonna tell the story wrong. You're better at the details remembering them than I am. You and I interviewed, it's been a long time, Tom Rath, the famed author of success 2.0. He wrote a book called fully charged and I can't find it on my shelf over here. I may have it at my house. And, uh, if, if I'm getting the right book, I think the premise was he was enamored with people talking about, you know, yesterday was a really great day. You know, how was your day? Uh, gosh, actually really good. And he would hear that kind of, but they'd have to think about it and go, oh gosh, actually pretty good. He'd say why. And he would hear these things like, gosh, it was a good day because, uh, got, you know, the, the weather was really good. And, uh, my gosh, my spouse was just in a good spirits and so were the kids. And, you know, I got to work and somebody brought in a great a uh, great breakfast. I got to start with my coffee was really good. And I uh, got a business deal. You got all these things that you can't control was his bottom line. And because the next day, all those things may go South and, uh, that yeah, was a bad day. And we're used to hearing that, especially in the workplace. Uh, today's just a guy uh, it's like Monday every day, you know, or the opposite, man, things are just really going well. If the, external things we can't control. And his whole point was, what are the things that we can control so as to help us have a you know happy day, a good day every day? Classic Ziegler, of course, but that's what we're talking here.
2: Yeah. And I think part of that book, or maybe it was an earlier one is, you know, he really focused in on eat, sleep and move. <laughs> we can control yeah. what we eat. We can control how much we move. And we also have a lot of control over how much we sleep. And we know when we do those three things right, the day, no matter how good it is, it's going to be better if yeah. we do those things right. Uh, and it's interesting, too, about perspective. and I'm going to blame Mark Twain on this, <laughs> but he, th- they compared Mark Twain's diary to his son's diary. So his son kept a diary when he was like eight or nine years old. And when when his son was nine, he wrote in his diary, you know, it was, it was a summer day, he said, best day all year spent all day fishing with dad. Mm. Then they looked at Mark Twain's diary and it said a wasted day didn't get anything done. And so, so perspective is so much of this. and, And so one of the things that as, 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 as brilliant as we may be, what are our priorities? Right when we, what and that's what I think people like about this is because when we think of things that energize us, they also energize us because a lot of times they take us closer to our priorities. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. what God created us to do. Uh, what was in chariots of fire when He said, "I feel most alive when I'm running." Yeah, yeah, and actually
1: said, "I feel God's joy."
2: I feel God's joy yeah. when I'm running. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, Karen is Karen Gifford, Putts. she's amazing. So one of the things that brings me energy, Karen, is when you're in one of the rooms that I'm speaking, because by the end of the talk, I'm just talking to you the whole time because your smile and everything is there. Uh, and Steve Rosen, who posts here all the time, Steve, brother, when you put wrote on that post about you do basic animal moves. Our whole family was trying to figure out, okay, is it squirrels? Is it bears? Is it whore? I mean, Because you're talking about lifting your own body weight. I know that brings your energy and you're just thinking about this. So I was actually watching a squirrel climb our fence thinking, how could I mimic that to uh-huh. create more personal strength? So I don't know. I, I'm kind of going on a goose chase here, Kevin, but talks like this literally around a campfire or what bring me energy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um it, it, yeah, amen. Amen. Here Lisa Castone she says I have two go-tos time with my friends and family and going to church with my mom as a hospital risk manager and ER nurse. I find I need to lift my spirits quite a bit from all the bad things I see spending time with my family and friends. Is like a fresh is like fresh air for my soul. Going to church with my mom reminds me that there's a greater power. It also reminds me of how fortunate I am to serve people at their time of greatest physical need. I truly believe it is through his strength, God's strength that I can care clinically and spiritually for my patients, doctors, and fellow nurses. That speaks to me of wisdom, Tom. Yeah. that's, That's profound. Yep, going to the source. Yeah, but realizing that she's in something that is draining, and I think there's a lot of us who are where we're supposed to be, but we're in a place where our work can be draining physically, mentally, emotionally, and knowing that, having that on the table, and she is addressing that, tending to that, treating that.
2: Yeah. And you know, I, I use this illustration before if, and and we'll talk spiritually here, all of us have a certain amount of power or or fuel inside of us. And I believe that, that God wants to give us an unlimited supply. And, but there's this valve and we've got to turn the valve in order to get God's power and for me in my life, the the word on that valve is surrender. And so when we are in a situation where there's almost nothing we can do to change an outcome, that's really humbling, right? Because we're always, especially men, we're the fix it people, right? We all, we come in there and we fix it. Mm-hmm. And then a situation comes along and we're like, I can't fix this. And that can be draining and humbling and energy sapping. And all God's saying is, Hey, you're not supposed to fix it. Mm. Surrender. And I will flood you with whatever resource you need at that moment. And so she's tapping into that. Yes, she is.
1: Yeah. That was Lisa. Thank you. That was, that was significant. Nate Scott says, listening to my thoughts. When I'm completely drained, I turn the noise on, on the outside down and the noise on the inside up. Love that statement. I think we get mentally exhausted because we force our minds to think and do while ignoring our own thoughts. My spirits are lifted when I allow myself to follow a distraction before getting back on the path. It's always nice to get inspiration from the Bible and the greats of our time. If I can't hear myself, it's hard for me to really give my energy to anyone or anything else. Well, how divulge? It was through some counseling that I partook of that I was counseled to pay attention to my thoughts, my dashboard, and really in this sense, it was my emotional thoughts. I pay attention to my ideas, my my things to do, my creation, uh, the things that I'm working on. I pay attention to those, but my thoughts, really, even my feelings, I don't. And after years and years and years of that, it, 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 we found I'm, I'm a little out of touch with feelings. And so taking time to, and again, I'm going to come back and read what he said, uh, turn the noise on the outside down and the noise on the inside up and pay attention to it, recognize it, give credibility to it. Uh, I I'm extrapolating a little bit from my own experience, but man, I, that's been, um, that, that actually that's been, that has been, and is a part of my own journey right now.
2: Wow. A lot of wisdom there. The most powerful voice. That you'll ever hear is your own, and just to that realization that so many of us are deaf to our own voice. Yeah, that's something.
1: That is, yeah. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, Archie here says, Archie Winningham. God love him. What a, what a great guy. He says, I love my guitars. And Johnny Ferris pipes in after that. I tune in by strapping on my bass guitar, plugging into my amplifier, then rattling the walls for a while. Uh, and we had a lot of people mention, of course, music and playing music. And, you know, that's one where I, I'm a music lover. I'm a, I'm beyond a music fan. I I am a music lover. And so much of my Bible talks about that, the music and the dancing. And I hear so many people, I think it's, 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 it's a little, somebody talked about or who was it said before? It's hard to be hard, not to smile, hard, not to be happy when you're dancing. And, And for me. Music is top of the list for sure. Uh, Kevin, I like this one, Kevin Birch. He says, winding roads and a Dodge Challenger. It used to be winding roads and a Mini Cooper, which frankly was a lot more fun. Uh, that I, I don't have. I, you know my car is up here in the mountains. I got big old lumbering trucks. But man, that's what I do on my mountain bike right there. I can go as fast as I want. I get my adrenaline push. And we had a lot of folks there. I mean, we're talking about these things that lift our spirits, which as Zig said in the message, are, are not only, uh, psychological, but physiological things, things happen in our body. That's why people do get after that adrenaline rush. There's something real to it. It's not just thrill and risk seekers. I think,
2: you know, that car, uh, thing, I, I just realized, you know, I'm not a music guy. Um, but then I realized in college, I had a really good friend and probably about every 10 days we would get in his Camaro. And we would go out into the countryside where I went to school and it was just fields, uh, drive around little back roads, listening to talk. Every song. And I can actually, when I hear one of those songs today, it takes me back Mm -hmm. to that time. Mm -hmm. So music does touch the soul. Uh, I need to do, I need to do more music. I don't do that enough.
1: I think for a lot of people, it's one of those things that can happen in the background, but yeah, it can take you back into time. I mean, look at movies. I'm so aware that movies use music so masterfully. And to me, one of the telltale signs of a low budget movie is I'm sitting there and I'm feeling like something's off, then I realize they have no music, which I don't understand at all. There's no movie made that's not spending enough money to at least have some royalty free music on the soccer. Uh, I don't understand that. I mean, I, I have a soundtrack for my life. I think, uh, it, or I need one. I should hire somebody to do that. Um, That's the
2: title but, of a book. You need to write that book, the soundtrack of your life. Of my life. Sounds like something that a uh, Mozart would have written, or something.
1: I don't know if I'm that musical, but. Uh, yeah. Terry Johnson. This is interesting. He says, I used to think that to be energized, I had to tick things off my to-do list. It made me feel like I had worked hard, which gave me energy and the satisfaction problem was the list never ended and kept growing, which had the opposite effect. When I started a grateful journal every morning, I found I was still energized, been able to do my work better and had the right frame of mind to get through the list easier and had an even better satisfaction level. I guess a, thankful, grateful heart and mind is the fertile ground that I needed to achieve more, uh, that I needed to achieve more and do it easier. I mean, if we look at the top list topics, focal points of Zig Ziglar, I mean, gratitude. Uh, if we did that, if we, if we comp- did, you know put all his content through a filter and came out with the top words, what are those things that you do? You can, you know, put a bunch of stuff into a, a little program and it'll spit out that, uh, that word logo or uh, kind yeah. of deal. Uh, With the big letters, uh, gratitude has got to be
2: one of the top three, five, at least. You know, he created the habit of gratitude. And I've told the story many times at the end of his life when he was suffering from uh, Alzheimer's. He would still just go off on a. This is a weird combination of words. He would do a gratitude rant. And it was like completely positive. His face would be beaming and he would just go down the list of everything he was grateful for while the rest of us is looking at him and going, Oh my goodness, even, in, even in this circumstance, he's not bound by the circumstance. Yeah. He had created the habit of gratitude,
1: a gratitude rant. Uh, that's,
2: that's, that's a show right there. Yeah. It's, you know, the habit of gratitude, what do we call that? A habitude. Habitude. There's actually been Franklin used the word habitudes and I did some study on that, but The habit of gratitude, if you want fuel in your life to give you energy, I don't know of a better habit than the habit of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. We hear more and more and more testimony, especially to that a gratitude journal. Uh, yeah. Okay. Victoria Warner. She says, uh, I am a social butterfly. I love spending time doing some activity with friends. My husband and I actually spend a lot of our activity time with two other couples, godly men and women who support us, encourage us and love on us. I'm always mentally energized after spending time with them. Not only are they intellectually stimulating, they're also so much fun. We have laughed until we've cried some things. We still laugh at the mere mention of them. We've been hiking, swimming, movie watching, cards, parades, foods, cut up a fresh pig, and we've done, uh, we've done everything together. Occasionally others will join us, but the six of us are the core. I'm so grateful God has put us together. There have been many times I wanted to give up, but these people keep me going and accountable. So I'll share something from probably 15 years, probably more than that, probably closer to 20 years ago. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Most people know him, Christian music, music artist, maybe one of the most prolific Christian music, music artists ever, uh, writers and singers and had an interview that I was listening to. And somebody asked him what he gave credit to for his success over the years, over, over trials that they had. And, uh, what did he, what did he attribute? I was just absolutely expecting, you know, I, you know, my faith in God, of course, you know, Jesus Christ, that's what I was expecting. He said, he said, if I get it right here, he said three guys three guys that he did life with every single week that were there for him day in and day out in the highs and the lows helping be the hands and feet of Christ to him. And that stuck with me because I am not Victoria. I am not a social butterfly. I am like Chalene Johnson. Our guest recently here said I am an, an, uh, I am an extroverted introvert. Um, I, I can turn it on or I'm sorry, an outgoing introvert. I can, I can be outgoing, but I'm an introvert and I, I don't get lonely. I don't miss people. It sounds terrible, but that's an admission. I don't know what that's like. I crave solitude. That's what rejuvenates me, even though of course I want to be in a relationship. But that testimony was one of the things that helped me. I don't have a zillion people I'm involved with. I always have one to three guys that I do life with outside of, obviously I'm married, but I think we, and this is a current soapbox for me, and I'll just throw out there, I think we do our marriage as a disservice when we look to them to be the sole fulfillment of all of our relational needs. There's no way I can relate to my wife as a woman, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, uh, as her personality type. She needs other people, and I also need other people, specifically guys who understand me and talk with them about things and and get their input about things that my wife cannot do because she cannot Relate, and so uh, I appreciate Victoria. I appreciate your testimonial. And we're in a culture right now, and Tom, you know this as well as I do, that is more and more and more and more connected on a on a social shallow level, and we are more and more and more and more isolated, and we're seeing some pretty drastic results of that.
2: Yeah, well, that's you know that's like Bob Bodine's whole theme for yeah, yeah. Uh, the power of who. Uh, but I love the last two topics. I mean, what we've really said is, uh, gratitude and relationships, right? And the the third one that I see is like a, like a big category mm-hmm. is, you know, what, what, what did God build us for? What's unique about us? Because, you know, for some people it's fishing for other, it's, you know, capturing a picture, you know, everybody's got a unique talent. So relationships, I think that's across the board. Hmm. Gratitude, that's across the board. And then what's our unique thing that God put in us that we need more of? we got to search that out. So relationships to me, um, the older we get, the more our relationships for men tend to dwindle. And when we went from, you know, the average family having, you know, four kids to three kids to 0.7 kids, every now and then you get the Kevin Miller anomaly, you know, that's way out there. Right. right. Uh, but you know, relationships used to just be built in because our families would all get big and we'd all stay close and we had that support network. Now we don't, if, if I would encourage people to do anything that would change their life over the next year, I don't think there's anything I could encourage you to do more than to e- intentionally cultivate, two or three friendships. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot intentionally cultivate two or three friendships. You will never look back in time and say, wow, that was a waste. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to, I'm going to end on one here and pull one more thing out for us to ponder together. Uh, Dan Brandenburg. He says, I love brainstorming on dry erase boards. I know it doesn't sound like recreation, but it's so therapeutic to organize my disorganized thoughts onto a big medium than I that I can look at. Uh, this is not a secret sauce of ingredients that we're talking about folks. It is finding, or or it is a secret, but it's yours. This is not a cookie cutter is what I meant to say. Uh, we don't have a list that we're trying to create here and say, okay, now everybody take this and everybody do these things. I don't know what he's talking about, a dry erase board and brainstorming. That would be, I'd rather have my toenails pulled out. That's not me, but it's Dan. And that is great. We're trying to find the thing and I'm going to put it in a context here I think you'll appreciate this time. We may have even talked about it before, but I, uh, we interviewed, um, oh my goodness. I just went blank. We just, we interviewed it'll come to me in a second. And he said, um, guy talked about when we're looking at this, we're looking at inspiration. We're looking at the thing that lifts our spirits. We are not talking about just relief. We all know what it's like to come home at the end of the day, kick off the shoes, sit down on the chair, the couch or whatever watch something, a bag of chips or something like that, and I am not dis sometimes that is just that is glorious, okay? But that's relief. That's a, that's me really we're talking about the things that are restorative that are rejuvenating. We're talking about the things that lift us, that build us, that inspire us. And that is going to be different for all of us. The point of this show would be to elevate those. And, and Tom, this is really what I wanted to get to, to elevate those things that you say, yeah, that thing lifts my spirits. If it does, that is not a luxury. Wipe that off your list. That is not narcissism. That's not selfishness. That is a necessity for you to be a better person. And I'll tell you, there are some times when I do those things at the sake of taking time with my family, because when I get back, I am better for them. And to the point to where they know this, they'll sometimes tell me, Dad, go on a mountain bike ride, go on a couple day getaway, you and mom go do a getaway, do whatever because you will be better for us. Uh, when you when you get back, and I'm, I really want us to elevate all these lists, all these things people
2: said. These are what would you say, Tom? These are necessities for their life. Absolutely, I really love the whiteboard idea. One of our partners is Sandler uh, Sandler Systems, sales training experts, and they have a, they have an internal language, and they call it head trash. And so they coach salespeople to be more effective. Salespeople. God, it's a performance-based world, right? You know, you make the sale, you win, you get more money, you lose the sale, your job's in jeopardy. I mean, there's this head trash that goes on. So I went home and I started thinking, what does head trash mean? And here's what I really came out of that with. In our head, we've got these, these faith-based things, these positive things, these dreams that we want to have happen. I want to put that on the whiteboard. But we've also got these fear-based things. Mm-hmm. These these thoughts that are going, well, what if it doesn't happen? And what if that happens, you know? When you put it on the whiteboard, you're able to separate the two and take action on both. And so I get exactly what you what you mean by it's like this energizing thing to put stuff on the board. Mm-hmm. Here's how you take action on both. The faith based, the, the dreams, the things you want to accomplish, you put on the board and you put a plan together. We all do that. We love that. The fear-based things, you put it on the board and you look at it and you go, what can I take action on? Well, when you start to take action on some things to avoid something, that gives you confidence, right? That lets you know you're doing everything you can. And then there's that pile at the end that none of us have any control over. And then that's where we have to make that decision. Am I going to carry that baggage around or I'm going to give it to God? And so I love that analogy, man, I could, I've gotten energy from that same exact exercise. I didn't, I didn't phrase it the way you did, but it's a powerful way to get the head trash out and start making progress, create energy, get things done and turn things over. You weren't meant to carry in the first place.
1: Yes. And there folks right there, listen to Tom Zero. There's counsel we can all take action on right now, turn this podcast off and we can we can take action on that right now. And I do want to make a call out. It was John Eldridge. That's who I was. All I could think of was John Legend, the singer. We talk about music too much. <laughs> John Eldridge, author of Wild at Heart. And we uh, we interviewed him sometime in the past year, I think. All right, folks, thank you so much for, for, for doing that, uh, for making those posts, for giving that. That was probably a fourth of the, of the comments that we got. But uh, so rich. Thanks for sharing. That will inspire others as it inspired us right here. Tom, I'm inspired. Let's go do something great. Amen, brother. Well, pretty interesting, isn't it, friends? I hope you got inspired to go after really keeping yourself up more consistently and not letting yourself get so far down. And, hey, if you got value from the show, please let us know. Leave a review in iTunes or even just click the little stars to give us a rating. I really want to take The Ziggler Show over 1,000 ratings because, hey, Zig deserves it. Well, I'll let you know what great show is coming up right after I share some great resources with you. Coming up next in show 613, we go through the healthy habits of Ben Fetter, our guest in show 611. If you'll remember, Ben was at the top of the corporate ladder and he left it, took his family to Bali for a year to find themselves and find their relationships, find their hearts. Now he's back and he's back on top of the corporate ladder again, but he's doing it differently. So his habits don't look like the normal C-suite executive. They include yoga and meditation and tithing and compassion. Some, Some of those are what tops the list. Really intriguing. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.